Good evening. Please turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. We will, Lord willing, finish chapter 1 of Proverbs this evening. We've been hearing the wisdom of a wise father seeking to impart prudence, wisdom, discernment, discretion, instruction to his son so that his son would choose wisely which road to take because there are two roads ahead of the son just as there are two roads ahead of us. The road of wisdom or the road of folly, the road of prudence and righteousness or the road of foolishness and sin. And tonight we'll finish this chapter looking at the call of wisdom. Wisdom is here first personified or for the first time in this book personified as a person, as a woman calling out the noble and dignified lady wisdom is calling out to the fool. And she's warning him of his fate. So let's hear the words of our God through the mouth of Lady Wisdom, starting in verse 20 of Proverbs, going through the end of the chapter. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. She says, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you will turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. But because I have called out and you refuse to listen, I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm and calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you. Then they will call out for me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord and would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and they will have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Thus ends the reading of God's perfect and wise word. Let's pray. Holy Father, we pray that you would speak, that you would feed us from your word, that you would give us ears to hear the call of wisdom and to avoid the path of foolishness. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Notice in the text, the first point tonight, the call of God's wisdom. Beginning in verse 20, we hear wisdom crying aloud in the street. 
She raises her voice in the market. She speaks out at the entrance of the city gates, which were the center point of commerce and thus the center of town life. Wisdom is not hidden in the halls of academia. It's not just for the trained and the religious educated elite. Wisdom is not found just in the governor's mansion or on Capitol Hill or in the White House. Wisdom is not for the socialites in Hollywood or the movers and shakers on Wall Street. Wisdom is calling to all, any and all that would come. She calls to the rich and to the poor. She calls to the educated and to the ignorant. She calls to the powerful and to the weak, to the young and to the old, to the influential and the seemingly insignificant. Wisdom beckons to each and every one of us. And this wisdom is plainly revealed to those that would see Chapter 1, paragraph 1 of our Confession of Faith speaks that both the light of nature in man and the works of creation, both of those things proclaim, attest to, manifest the wisdom of God. The light of nature in man is our natural ability that God gives every human being to perceive God's order in this world. We can look at creation and we can see intricate detail, complex systems all working together in relative harmony. Imagine or consider your immune systems, the complexity involved in that, and yet it functions toward your health. Or the water cycle, or weather patterns, or astronomical phenomena. All of these things working in relative harmony to allow life to exist on this planet. And when we look at the world, we ought to see God's wisdom, his creative power, but also his wisdom speaking to us. His wisdom is not hidden. Divine prudence is holding the whole universe together. Wisdom is calling out for any and all to see, any and all that would listen. But she's not merely calling out a general call. Listen, look at verse 22, and we see the content of wisdom's call, the content of her call. She says, how long, O oh simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? The simple ones, the naive ones, still at this point have a chance to listen. Wisdom is still speaking to them. She is still offering her counsel to them the counsel needed for them to become wise. She's pleading with them, how long will you remain simple? Will you not open your eyes? Do you not see what I'm offering to you, the goodness of the wisdom I'm offering? Don't you see the fruit of your ways, the end of your path? Don't you know where you're going? Won't you grow up and love knowledge? Won't you mature into godly manhood and godly womanhood? Won't you move away from your foolishness? Stop playing the part of the fool. Such is God's wisdom. It's plainly out there for each of us to see and to grasp, but so often we fail to heed wisdom's call. We know that it is wrong for us to grumble and complain, but we often find ourselves with a critical spirit. We know that the wise person spends time with God in his word and, with, and in prayer, but we so often choose to fritter away our time with meaningless pursuits. We know that we should be diligent in our studies or in our responsibilities in front of us, but instead we play the part of the lazy sluggard and we want to roll over in bed just a few more times. 
We hear the call of Lady Wisdom, but we plug our ears and we continue to refuse to listen. We continue in the path of foolishness and we despise knowledge and instruction. But Lady Wisdom does not leave us without hope. Look at verse 23. She has a promise. She says, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Wisdom says, if you turn at my reproof, and that's the Hebrew word for repentance. If you will turn from the path of foolishness and away from your critical spirit. If you will turn away from your comfort and self-indulgence and turn toward self-control and discipline, then you might have my blessing. And wisdom offers to pour out her spirit to the simple one. And offers to make her words known to him, to reveal her words to him. The simple one will not have the spirit of wisdom as long as he chooses to remain in his simplicity. And the scoffer will continue to be without wisdom's words as long as he chooses to remain in his scoffing. He must turn. He must hear the reproof and change. He must put off the sins of the flesh and he must hear the words of wisdom. We must give up our foolish patterns of behavior if we want to grow and hear wisdom's call. And why must we do this? Why must we give up our foolishness? Look at verse 24. And we see the judgment of wisdom. Wisdom's judgment. Wisdom has called out publicly in the streets and invited all to come to her. She's offered to pour out her spirit. And part of her call includes a warning of judgment in verse 24. Because I have called and you refuse to listen. And have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will laugh at you in your calamity. I will mock you when terror strikes. When terror strikes you like a storm and calamity comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you. Because they refuse to listen, wisdom will laugh at the fool in his calamity. Wisdom is calling and yet wisdom is ignored. It's amazing. Psalm 119.91 tells us that all creatures are servants of the Lord. But it's only human beings, only those made in His image, that continue to resist the yoke of the Lord and would have none of His path. Wisdom's hand has been extended, but the call has been spurned. Wisdom's counsel has been offered, but the fool only ignores. And therefore, wisdom will laugh. There will be an end to wisdom's call. There is a time limit on prudence's offer. God will not be mocked forever. When calamity comes, wisdom will stand, mocking the poor fools that chose to remain in their folly. Wisdom will delight in seeing sovereign justice executed. But not only will wisdom laugh, See how she will ignore the fool in his terror. Look at verse 28, which is perhaps the most terrifying verse in this chapter. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. Then they will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. The fool would not listen to wisdom's cries, and so wisdom will not listen to the cries of the fool. 
God was ignored by the sinner, so the sinner will be ignored by God when calamity strikes. God is, when God is most sought at that moment, when they're finally at the end of themselves, God will not be found. Because when he offered himself, he was rejected. Brothers and sisters, we must heed the calls of wisdom and listen to the offer from the Lord because those calls will not last forever. Hear the call of God from Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. If you have thus far ignored the call of God and ignored his wisdom, ignored the offer of free grace and forgiveness found through Jesus Christ, then hear these words to the fool as addressed to you. There will be a day when God and his wisdom will no longer be found. And that day is sooner than any of us think. Only a fool would wait until old age to try and heed the call of wisdom, because none of us is promised tomorrow. Turn today and heed and hear the call of wisdom today. Do not wait another minute, because the day will come when it is too late to answer the Father's call. Further, the Bible says that our lives are but a vapor. They are a mist. And it may be this very night that we are called to give an account before the God of all the universe. Are you prepared for that? Are you ready to stand before Christ the judge and explain to him why you rejected his offer of salvation? Do not delay, for today can be the day of salvation. Hear the voice of wisdom crying out in the streets and do not delay. Take the first step down the path of righteousness and wisdom, which begins with looking to Jesus as your source of forgiveness and your source of strength. He will receive you and he will guide you. He will restore you. But his offer, like Lady Wisdom's, will expire. So do not delay. For as our text continues, we see that the fool that continues in his folly will get exactly what he deserved. Look with me at verse 29. Because they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their ways and have their fill of their own devices. The fool in his calamity is merely reaping what he has sown. He's eating the fruit of the seeds that he has planted. He planted seeds of unrighteousness and now he is reaping the fruit of death. He wanted the path of folly, so he's getting his fill of the results of the path of sin. The fool often feels the sting of bad consequences in this life, but he will certainly taste of the eternal consequences in the next. And this section of warnings from Lady Wisdom concludes with a summary statement in verse 32. It says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. Notice how fools have nobody to blame but themselves. It's the fool's own fault. They are receiving the wages that they had earned because of their evil working. They may try to blame God. They may try to blame their circumstances or blame their parents or blame everyone else. But fools will have no one else to blame but themselves for their misery. 
And notice how it says the complacency of fools shall destroy them. They don't feel the immediate sting from their sin. They think they've gotten away with it. And that emboldens the sinner in their sin. They continue to accelerate down the path of sin with a false sense of safety. But wisdom is warning otherwise. The more the secure the fool feels in his folly, the more assured is his punishment. The more certain they are in their rejection of God, the more definite shall be their destruction. One commentator says that the prosperity of fools shall help to destroy them by puffing them up in their pride and gluing their hearts to this world, furnishing them with fuel for their lusts and hardening them in their ways. Their false sense of security will lull them asleep while they further drift down the path of destruction. But, in contrast to the certain destruction, the certain helplessness of fools, wisdom assures us of the security that comes with heeding her call. Look at verse 33. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure, will be at ease, and will be without dread of disaster. Here we see another sweet promise for those that would heed the wisdom of God. You see, the fool thinks that he is secure, but he will actually be helpless when his calamity comes. But those that listen to the call of wisdom will have security. They will be safe. They will not be moved when the waters of trials begin to rise. They'll be like the man that builds his house upon the rock and is able to weather the storm. But notice he will not only be secure, it says he will be at ease. He not only will be able to survive, but he'll be able to thrive. He'll be able to survive with confidence. A person that has built his life on the wisdom of God will have confidence to face the storms of life and be at ease. He will know that his outcome is secure, that his destination is secured. He will be without dread of disaster, Lady Wisdom says. Rather than being overcome with fear and dread and anguish like the fool during his calamity, the wise person can have peace, can have confidence, can be at ease. Because he knows that his fate is in the hand of a sovereign God. And that his salvation is secure because of the work of Jesus Christ. And he knows that judgment will come upon the wicked. Turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 37. The 37th Psalm. Psalm 37 paints for us a very vivid picture of exactly the things we're talking about in our text in Proverbs. We'll see the fleeting instability of the fool and how they will reap judgment because of their evil deeds, the deeds that they have sown in unrighteousness. And we'll also see the security that a man or woman of God can have when he heeds the call of God's wisdom. I'll read through the whole psalm, but I'll stop and make a few passing observations along the way. But notice the stability of a man of God, the security that God provides. Psalm 37. 
Fret not because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like grass and wither like the green herb. Sinners will be like the grass outside, which is dried up and crunchy right now, useless for nothing but burning. That's what a sinner will be like. They will fade. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the new day. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. Though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. Sounds like our text in Proverbs. The sinner is short-lived in his folly, and his impending judgment is sure. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. Think of the ease that Lady Wisdom offers that comes with security of God's wisdom. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him, but the Lord laughs at the wicked. Just like Lady Wisdom promised to laugh at the day of calamity. The Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that, that his day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and bend their bows to bring down the poor and the needy and to slay those whose way is upright. Their, their sword shall enter their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken. But the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord upholds the righteous. Here, listen in the coming verses how the Lord promises security and peace for the believer. Verse 18. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows but does not pay back. But the righteous is generous and gives. For the Lord, for those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land. But those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong. For the Lord upholds his hand. The Lord upholds him again. There's the security. I have been young and I am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children have become a blessing. Turn away from evil and do good, just like ladies call, so that you shall live and dwell forever. For the Lord loves justice and he will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever, but the children of the wicked shall be cut off. I'll stop there. You can continue through this psalm. That will be a good homework assignment for you. And think about it in terms of security. God upholds.
upholds the righteous. They're in his hand. Nothing can, can break them. Nothing can take them from his hand. Even in famine, they have plenty. God provides for them. God promises again and again in the Bible to bring security to those that would come to him. To those that would heed his wisdom. But we too often fail to heed his wisdom like we should. We find ourselves like the fool. We are stiffening our neck. We're bowing up against the call to reproof. We don't like our sin to be pointed out. We don't like to be shown how foolish we really are. We're arrogant in our sin. We're blind in our outlook. We're deceived by a false sense of security. We think that our own strength is enough. We don't need help from anyone else. Certainly don't need God's help. I got this big guy. We're like Adam and Eve. Even though they were promised life on God's terms, they wanted life on their own terms. We know that the Bible says that sin deserves death, and yet we choose to sin anyway. We know that Proverbs tells us a harsh word stirs up wrath, and yet we fire off in our anger anyway. We know that the fear of the Lord prolongs life, but we choose to be crippled by fear of man instead. We know that the lips of the adulterous woman lead to the grave, and yet we play with lustful intentions over and over again. We know that laziness will bring poverty, and yet we choose to fritter away our time doing useless things. And again and again, we know that Lady Wisdom is calling out to us. We know the way of security, but instead we choose to ignore her and go down our own path. And the whole time we pretend like God doesn't see. We think that we can hide our little pet sins. We think that we're strong enough to control our own desires, that we won't take it too far. We can stop whenever we want. In short, we're deceived by the lie of Satan that says, God didn't really say you die for that. That sin doesn't really lead to death. You can have that, that sin, and it's okay. That one's special. You're special. You can disregard Lady Wisdom in that little area, and you can still have your security when you do it. That's what Satan's telling us. But, if we keep reading our Bible, we'll see that the story doesn't end. We see another son that arrives on the scene. A son that heeds the call of Lady Wisdom. A son that embraces fully the wisdom of God. Indeed, a son that is the embodiment of God's very wisdom. This son is just like Lady Wisdom. This son cried out in the streets. He proclaimed the good news in the marketplaces and on the highways. He didn't come to preach just in palaces or in temples. He came to ordinary fools like me and like you. He came to preach to the sick, to the weak, to the insignificant, to the hungry, and to the poor. And just like Lady Wisdom, who promised to pour out her spirit on those that would turn to her, God has promised to pour out his spirit of wisdom into the hearts of all of his people. In Ezekiel 36, God promises to his people in the new covenant, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I'll pull out your heart, of, your heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you 
And I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. That's unbelievable. God's own spirit will be given to his people. And it's because his spirit of wisdom indwells the hearts of his people that they can begin to be wise. He says, I will cause you to walk in my statutes. I will cause you to be careful to obey my rules. God's wisdom moves in our hearts first, and then we can begin to move in the direction of God's very wisdom. But even more than that, Jesus promises in John chapter 7 that we will become overflowing with the Spirit. John 7, 37 to 39 says, Jesus stood up and cried, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And John tells us, Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as of yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He hasn't been crucified. So when we come to Jesus, we receive rivers of living water. That is, an abundance, an overabundance of the presence of the Spirit of God. The very Spirit of wisdom, His Holy Spirit who guides us in wisdom. In Christ, we have not only forgiveness for past foolishness, but we have the very Spirit of God Himself to guide us in the paths of wisdom. But even more than that, just like Lady Wisdom promised security for those that would turn to her, Jesus Christ also provides to his people security, ease, that no calamity, no trial, no storm can finally remove. Christ is the faithful son who has earned eternal life for his people. And because of his obedience to all that God requires, he has earned not merely the chance for his people to be saved, but he has actually earned their salvation. When we come to Christ by faith, we are united to him. We are joined to the true vine. We are given new hearts. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and sealed for the day of redemption and permanently grafted into the household of God. No one can snatch us from the Father's hand, Jesus tells us in John chapter 10. Divine grace has infallibly redeemed you from slavery, has purchased you from bondage to sin and adopted you into God's own household. You've been given a new footing, a new standing, a new foundation based upon the work of Jesus Christ from which you can walk in this life and seek righteousness. Since you have been given these good gifts and you know that you stand secure in the salvation of Jesus Christ, do not go back to the world's foolishness. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the very wisdom of God. Don't jump back in bed with lady folly. The path of sin will still bring painful consequences in this life. And we must choose to turn away. Remember the sacrifice of Jesus on your behalf and his call to you. How he came and got you off the path of foolishness and placed you back on his path of righteousness. Hear the call of wisdom, Lady Wisdom calling out to you tonight to turn away from sin, away from the path of pain and misery and onto the path of fruitfulness and security, and ease. And if you have not come to Christ, and you're still wandering down the path of sin and pain, if you're still broken and miserable and dealing with calamity after calamity, and you just want some peace, you want to be at ease, then I encourage you to look to Jesus, to cons consider what He preached, to go to His Word and hear Him speak to you, See how wisdom and grace is available to you, just like Lady Wisdom calling out in the marketplace to any and all that would hear. Jesus stands 
willing to generously bless any that would come to him. That offer stands for all of us tonight. Now close this sermon by reading from Psalm 37 and hear of God's faithful generosity to his people. Psalm 37, verses 25 and 26. I have been young and am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children have become a blessing. Let's pray. Father, your faithfulness to hold secure your people has been seen in every generation. Your grace and mercy is shown to us again and again, and it's seen most clearly in the provision of your Son. Father, we pray that we would hear the call of wisdom, that we would turn away from the path of foolishness and pain and death, and we would choose instead the path of life. I ask this in Christ's name. Amen.